Hey everybody, it's Mike from the Mike Wagner Show, powered by Sockweb Studios and brought to you by our official sponsor, the Mike Wagner Show, Interaction Warring Author, Mia Molson's The Missing, available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. We're here with a terrific gentleman. We had him on a few years ago. He's an author with a journeyman career, including uh, marching with Martin Luther King, joining the Keys Corps, teaching in Nigeria, globetrotting uh, marine biologist, and embraced uh, mysticism and started basically just um, a lot of things. And we'll talk about that. And um, he basically just back, got back from Costa Rica on a journey. He was involved in a transformation, which is a 90-second mind-body practice, intergain Tai Chi and yoga to manage stress and unlock your potential. We talked about that. And right now, he's just an appetite for risk. And his new book is about surviving near-death experiences in Africa, Middle East, and South America. Anything from parachutes to guns to FBI's and more. He's done it all. And... Let's hear about it. Live, ladies and gentlemen, from the Plus Studios, uh, somewhere in the United States. We don't want anybody to come out with guns, parachutes, or anybody to the FBI. He's uh, safe and sound. He's an appetite for risk. It's a new book out. Ladies and gentlemen, the multi-talented Bud Abbott. Bud, good morning, good afternoon, good evening. Thanks for joining us once again. Oh, th thank you very much, Mike. So it's good to be talking to you again. Well, it's great to have you on board, Bud. It's always great to talk to you. So last time we talked, uh, your book was called Transformation, a 90-second mind-body practice, integrating Tai Chi and yoga to manage stress and unlock your potential. And you're an author with a journeyman career, and uh, you march with uh, Martin Luther King. You join the Peace Corps and teach in Nigeria, globetrotting marine biologist. You embrace mysticism and more. You just got back from Costa Rica, and I'm sure you'd love to talk about that. You're an advocate of truth and kindness, and you also have an appetite for risk as well. It's about surviving your death experience in Africa, Middle East, and also South America, anything from parachutes to FBI's to smuggling, guns and more. And um, let's learn here. Before getting all that, uh, once again, before we talk about that, once again, very quickly, just tell us how I got started. Well, I'm, I'm a retired marine biologist, 82 years old, uh, going strong. Uh, a lot of uh, things have come come together to keep me alive and, and well. Mm -hmm. uh, to in uh, Costa Rica, bouncing around Airbnbs and hotels and uh, swimming a lot and, and enjoying enjoying life tremendously. I'm very, very fortunate, very grateful. Uh, the uh, transformation Tai Chi, I do that every day. Uh, it kind of resets my subconscious mind to interact with the world in a compassionate, uh, loving, kind and honest way. And um, this new book, Appetite for Risk, what an adventure writing that. I I had to go back and look at all the stupid things I did, Mike. You know, got hard to admit that, yeah, I, I did that. I, I was uh, foolish. And But why did I survive? And that was what really drove me uh, to, you know, so, uh, uh, just recently, a, um, a famous uh, young woman influencer died from a parachute accident streamer exactly what i went through but i got my parachute unraveled in time and it was just a hard landing <laughs> but you know i survived and when attacked by river pirates in nigeria out of my subconscious mind came a few local words and uh so i, I go like well why am i still alive why 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 what what is it why did i get in these situations and why did i get out and that, that was a real inner journey. I had to really look at some of the stupid stuff, but then look at the nature, DNA, the alleles for fear, uh, look at nurturing, look at, um, you know, how I was brought up. And, um, you know, 
And is there a bigger presence in my life? Is there a spiritual presence that contributes to my being here and speaking to you today? Is this a part of a, a bigger thing? And I'm a, a player in a larger play. I'm a player in your play, Mike. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're definitely part of it. And you're always welcome any time to be on a play. It's like you're on the stage and you control the stage and you can do what you want on the stage. You're safe with me, bud. I'll tell you that and everybody. <laughs> <laughs> Well, I, I've been having a lot of fun and, um, you know, I've got some couple other books uh, planned. Um, I'll talk to you about those later. Um, and um, but I've got these retreats set up now in Costa Rica. It's going to be it's going to be an incredible spiritual experience. We call it lighten up retreat because we don't encourage you to talk about yourself, your family, the war, the COVID, the politics, be present in that lovely environment there in Costa Rica and learn some meditation techniques, the mala beads, Tai Chi, controlled breathing exercises, uh, uh, sound baths, uh, Tai Chi on the beach, you know, that people can come in and uh, spend a little time. Yeah, we'll give you a book. <laughs> mm -hmm. and, uh, people can spend time in a lovely environment, a really uh, healing place. And, um, uh, you know, that's that's why I was in Costa Rica for two weeks, trying to identify the perfect place for our next retreat. And I think I found it. It's, it's going to be wonderful. Mm -hmm. And certainly indeed as well, too. And of course, uh, the book Transformation as well, too. And what was it one precise moment for you that simply inspired you to write the book? What was it woman simply said, I'm going to write the book? Uh, <clears throat> well, if <clears throat> it's it's almost the the inspiration of other people. You know, well, what do you do? What, what you know, here you're 82. You're exceptional. You know, I was running tri triathlons when I was 70. What what is it that you do that got you to where you are? And uh, it made me think, you know, and then, well, what what is it that you can write about? Um, as a marine biologist writing proposals and technical reports, it's all very, very much uh, third person passive voice. But if you're going to write something that people like to read <laughs> instead mm -hmm. of a technical report, uh, you've, you've got to have place and setting and emotions and uh, descriptions that bring people in. Um, and so that's been quite a journey. And so I wrote some things and the various people tell me, yeah, why don't you write about something that you really know? And so I, I had written down some of my adventures that took place in my twenties and thirties. Uh, you know, the, I call the knife and gun show when the F, the, the guy who's wanted by the FBI had a long barrel 45 bag that pointed at my uh, eyebrow. And, uh, oh, wow. you know, how did I get out of that? You know, and um, and and how how did I get out of uh, when we were attacked by pirates down in the Niger River? How did, how did I get all that? So I'd written down a few stories and and uh, my genius editor, yeah. Kurt uh, Lipstick, said, well, let's take these stories, write a few others, uh, and uh, let's make it into a book. And okay. so it was his advice. Um, and I needed to get it out. I needed I needed to go look inside, <laughs> and mm -hmm. try to understand, you know, who I am, you know, know thyself. It's the most important work you can do by many philosophers, you know, his exercise in knowing myself. Mm -hmm. you know, a bit of shame of some of the things I did. I was quite embarrassing, hard to write about, but... I, I believe in honesty and truth. And uh, so you had to put it down paper and then live through it and go like, 
then you go compassion. You know? <laughs> <laughs> Give yourself a hug. Yeah. <laughs> hug, you know, yeah. You were in your 20s and 30s. Yeah. Mike, you too. You know, your 20s and 30s. Yeah. Hmm. You know what? I might have to journal back what I did in my 20s and 30s. I can't say yet. I have to, um, you know, uncover my so-called microfiche in my head, get the cobwebs out of there, kick the spider <laughs> out and, you know, whatever else, spray some WD-40 to get it moving again. I think I'm going to start that as well. I, you know, I've got a journal <laughs> as well, too, which um, my wife got me for my birthday, by the way. And I'll be the first to uh, show it on the Mike Wagner show. She gave it to me for my birthday. And one day I want to write about my career. So she gave me a book like this. It's custom made on Amazon. And um, yeah, I'm going to start writing it one day, but I need to start writing things down. I think it'll give me like a good, um, you know, jump start to you know, be in 20s and 30s. And most notably, that, that you marched with uh, Martin Luther King. That is a big one. You know, you know, speaking of peace, kindness, compassion, Martin Luther King. Can you uh, tell us about that? Uh, yeah. So I, I was uh, I was a student at St. Louis University, um, Missouri at the time of the civil rights marches. And and, uh, you know, frankly, I was just, you know, pizza and beer and girls, you know, <laughs> you know, but one of the other graduate students there said, hey, Let's do it. And we'd been reading it in the paper. It was it was in the paper and the magazines. They were they were they were killing students who came from the north down to the south. And um, Liz, um, I I just uh, give her a tremendous uh, applaud. She said, "Bud, let's do it." And I said, "Okay, let's do it." And even though we we were like you know the old Christians, you know, being thrown to the lions, you know. Doesn't matter. We believe that segregation and uh, non non allowing the people to vote uh, was wrong. It was mm -hmm. wrong. We're willing to stand up and and risk our lives for that. And uh, there was an incident at a gas station. There were three guys. They had axe handles, just plain old, you know, no no axe head, just axe handles. Obviously, there to intimidate or beat up somebody. And I had to go to the bathroom. I, there was no way around it. I got to the bathroom and they blocked the door. They were oh back to the door and I could hear them talking. It was not a friendly conversation. And, um, but fortunately I, I'd had a, 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 a Taekwondo instructor who said it's far, far more important to get out of a fight than to get in a fight. It's True. just more, better every time. And so I just, I slowly opened the door and I said, excuse me. And I shoved, I just put my shoulder through and just shoved between them and did not turn my back, did not turn around to look at them, just my back to them and walked away thinking that one of those ax handles was going to come down on my head, but it didn't. And, um, you know, so the, the, the peaceful resolution of a potentially terrible situation, we got to, um, Montgomery and we, we marched and, um, uh, you know, it was a heart, heartfelt tears streaming down our face as we walked in and encouraged uh, the African-American people on the side streets to join us. Um, as a, one young woman did uh, join us, I reached out my hand, she joined us and walked for a ways and they were, they were the ones who were at risk. We, I mean, we're here today and gone tomorrow, <laughs> you know, we're graduates, mm -hmm. we got to get back and teach. But, um, yeah, that was uh, one of those things that I'm really proud of that um, that I stood up. I stood up to be counted. And I uh, I feel, you know, those Ukrainians who are 
who are fighting for their country, you know, if not me, who? They right. I, I, I think that's a thing that's really missing in society is I, if, if it's not me, then who, you know, you know, somebody wants to change the world. Somebody wants to change the economy. Somebody wants to do this and um, they're afraid. And the question is, if it's not me, then who's going to do it? You know, that seems to go unanswered at times, you know, you know, fear, fear of risk and safety and whatever else. Yeah. Um, it's, and, and for you and me and for a lot of other people to face up to the big challenge that we've got over the next, next five years, it is just, you know, millions of people are going to die. I mean, that's, a, that's, a, you know, a hundred thousand or a few thousand, uh, what is that? A thousand now in Maui, you know, thousands, Boy, terrible. Bangladesh, fl Florida places are just going to be, uh, inundated with all kinds of of problems uh that uh, and people are going to starve people are going to drown fires are going to consume people people are going to die from the fumes um there is going to be a, a lot of risk in in our life and adapt how do you adapt to risk how do you set your mind say i can take a chance i can try to be part of a change in a positive direction and people you know, gather up information and try to integrate it into their lives, whether they're tourists or whether they're working in, in the service industry. At, at every sector of our economy, there's a chance for people to kind of participate in mitigating the cataclysmic social, economic, and climate uh, impacts that are going to be th just thrust at us. And uh, it's going to be heartbreaking to people who who don't move, who don't change. It's going to be heartbreaking. And, and especially those who sit behind computer screens and don't get out in the real world. And they're afraid if, if I do a service job, I'm going to get hurt. I'm going to get a disease and whatever else. Or if if I step up, I might fall or something. Or if I go on a bike, it's like I'm a fall hit on my head. Or, you know, you did some things too, like, you know, your parachute malfunctioned. And of course you had, um, you know, a couple of, um, men point guns your head not just the fbi smuggling and um also a fire in the tallest hotel in the world what do you do and we'll talk more about that with bud abbott and appetite for risk but first you listen to the mike widener show at the mike widener show.com powered by sonic web studios visit online at sonicwebstudios.com for all your needs link on professional website without breaking your budget sonic web studios is the answer sonic web studios offers fast affordable custom web designs at below the competition rate Call today, 1-800-303-3960. It's 1-800-303-3960. Or email to support at sonicwebstudios.com. Mention Mike Wagner's show. Get 20% off your first project. Sonic Web Studios, take your image to the next level. Also, time to give an official shout-out to our official sponsor of the Mike Wagner Show, International War Ring author, Mia Molson-Zia. If you love fast-paced mysteries, you love Missing by Mia Molson-Zia. Available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing is fast-paced and intriguing with an unforgettable twist. Takes place in four countries. Two strangers, one target. Where truth is illusion and those who love be the first go missing. It's available on Amazon and paperback and ebook. Missing by Mia Muslim Zia's garnered great reviews. In Evil Evan and George Bajo, which celebrities including Joanna Cassie, Forge Riley, and Minnells. So grab your copy today. Four Girls Missing by Mia Muslim Zia. Available on Amazon. Also check out the Mike Widener Show at themikewidenershow.com or 40 podcast platforms. Heard in 100 countries, including Facebook, SoundCloud, Spreaker, Spotify, iHeartRadio, Odyssey, Apple. Subscribe to us on BitChute, Rumble, YouTube. Follow us on LinkedIn, Instagram, Twitter, TikTok, 
threads, and more, and take us with you on any mobile device. And for great gift ideas, go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast, T-shirts, pop sockets, throw pillows, tote bags, and hoodies. Makes great gifts 24-7. Go to Amazon.com. Check out the Mike Widener Show podcast. And speaking of gifts, you can also check out Amazon.com slash me and Muslim ZF for great books like Missing, Once and Wrinkles, and T-shirts, pop sockets, hoodies, phone cases, and more. Amazon.com slash me and Muslim ZF. And support the Mike Widener Show on Anchor FM, PayPal, and the MikeWidenerShow.com. We're here with author, journeyman, uh, with a career in the amazing Bud Abbott here on the Mike Widener Show. Talked about transformation and, of course, the book, Appetite for Risk. And, uh, and uh, you know, why don't you take a risk on not just showing the book? I mean, just show it up. It's like, you know, what harm does that really do? It's like you take appetite for risk and everything. So, you know, why not, uh, you know, tell them more about the book? And, um, I mean, boy, a lot of things. Parachute malfunction and, of course, smuggling. And uh, you had um, not just one, but two guns pointing at your head. And um, you also were in the fire in the tallest hotel in the world. <laughs> you know, the, the, I, I was in uh, Dubai the, and they advertised the tallest hotel in the world. And I'm, I'm, tra I'm traveling. I go, hey, why not stop at the tallest hotel in the world? What can go wrong? And uh, I, I played golf in the morning at the Dubai Yacht Club, you know, and it was hot and Suddenly, I'm back in the hotel and I'm just trying to cool off. And here it comes, this pounding on the door. Bam, 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 bam. And I'm thinking the, there's a party, the Russians or a wedding party or something. You know, something. <laughs> and and uh, here I go to the door and here's this uh, a, a security guy with a vest and another of a hotel employee going, you've got to run downstairs right now, sir. The hotel is on fire. Let me tell you, when you hear those kind of words, it really lights up a fire under you. You know, I oh yeah, my, I bet. <laughs> put on my my clothes and uh, and uh, got my passport and went uh, went <laughs> down to hall and it's dark. There's no there's no light. There's nothing but smoke in this hallway. They gave me a. A, a, a washcloth and a small bottle of water said you got to run down the stairs they go, how, how do you do run you're kidding me and well at 48th floor i'm i'm going down and about you know about five floors my legs are just screaming oh, and um, people come rushing by me um in different languages and uh this uh people's you know just screaming it, it's just chaos and his smoke and coughing and um finally i i the, the, out of the mist here comes a, a a a man signaling with his hand you know come, come this way you know and uh we we got down to the 12th floor um and uh there was a kind of a causeway to another construction elevator and and I got out and um you know and i was i was angry I, you know as if i there's their spirits running around to going like, oh, bud, you need another experience, you know. Oh my. <laughs> and like, well, maybe I don't. Maybe I don't want to have that kind of experience anymore. Um, but uh, you know, got out and uh, breathing hard and uh, grateful once again, very, very grateful. And as a, as it turned out, I was right across the street from a big. They put us in another hotel. And it was right across the street from a major mosque who started the uh, the chanting uh you know the uh the the morning prayer and and i'm going like i am so grateful 
I am so grateful that I survived that and had that experience. I'm so grateful of every experience that has unfolded me in my life, including this with you, Mike. I'm 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 extremely grateful that you would take what I have to say and and put it on your program. Thank you so much. And and thank you as well too. And of course, you know, this came to mind. So it's like you know, what what scares you the most? Being being a fire in the tallest hotel world in Dubai, or having two guns, um, you know, pointing at your hand saying, "Good morning, come with us." <laughs> well, I guess what's worse, like pick your poison. <laughs> well, no, you know, uh, quite quite honestly, uh, what the, the DNA in me pretty much. I, I don't recognize fear the way other people do. There's these uh, DNA alleles, the, the mitochondria, and the, 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 but the DNA alleles in your chromosomes. And uh, the, the setup in mine, as far as I can tell, is that I, I don't have a lot of those look, look at the fear. I just look at the fun or uh, just react in the moment somebody with a gun at my head he says does something well yeah i'm going to do it i'm not i'm not uh, i'm swimming downstream wherever that is you know what wherever the easiest route out of that those problems are in the case of the f the fbi uh, most wanted guy in hawaii uh, i had followed him into his house he 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 had stiffed me and he owed me some money i didn't know he was fbi wanted i just know he was a guy who owed me a little money for a car wreck and I promised I wouldn't call the police and mm -hmm. he stiffed me. And so I walked into his house and he's having some dinner with his wife, but he's not inviting me. I just, I'm sitting on this couch, you know, and drinking wine. Finally, he comes over and he's sitting right next to me. Pull, his knees are just about touching mine. Oh, and my. he says to his wife, he says, Doreen, bring me my knife. And she <laughs> brings out this great big, Bowie knife, you know, and he he's got it, and he brings it out, and he brings it out, you know, fast, you know, and he goes from hand to hand like you know the the uh, West Side Story, and I go, that's a good knife, that is a terrific. I used to have a knife like that. I I went hunting and I had to butcher a deer. There's the the serrated edge on the top for bone cutter, you know, mm -hmm. and um, that's a that's a good knife. And he says, Doreen, bring me my gun. Oh. She brings out this long barrel black 45 Magnum pistol. <laughs> and she takes the knife and she hands him the gun. Well, it's a revolver. And I'm going like this in my head. I go, this is probably not good. <laughs> mm -hmm. I'm not afraid. I'm just going like this is maybe a cautionary situation. He flips open the cylinder and he spins a cylinder. I can see there's no bullets in the cylinder. Yeah, so my level of tension kind of drops down a little bit. And then he brings a gun up and he just points it right at my forehead, just an inch from my forehead. And what did I do? I go, that is a really good gun. I mean, <laughs> everybody take notes on this one in case um, anything happens. Anything could happen, but I said, that's a really good gun. And I turned my eyes away from him. I looked out the side window and I said, if the police were coming after you, you could hold them off. That was with a gun like that. You can do some real damage. Mm -hmm. He says, Doreen, bring me my hat. This is true. This is, this is an absolute gospel truth. Doreen, bring me my hat. At this point, I go like, what? 
this was the time, you know, that uh, one of those James Bond movies and the guy with the hat who you know, cuts off people's heads, you know, when he throws it. I go like, what? What? And she brings out this top hat. Mm -hmm. And he uh, he puts it on his head and uh, we, we leave the house as friends. Got in my Jeep that he had wrecked, you know, and I got repaired. He's waving his hat in the air like we're old buddies going out drinking on the town. Oh, my. And that's going like from my thought, I'm going to have my brains blowing out to I got a new drinking buddy all in, in five minutes. You know, <laughs> I go like, and it's because I didn't confront him. I didn't I didn't show fear and I didn't show anger. I didn't I just acknowledged him. You got a good gun. You got a good knife. I acknowledged that he had power. Mm. And by by that, I got myself out of a real deep caca. <laughs> oh, my goodness. Yeah. And of course, you were talking about James Bond as well, too. Of course, you know, the um, what what I think I we talked, uh, you know, before we went on the air, one of the influencers died from um, a parachute malfunction. But you yourself survived the parachute mal malfunction. Um, you know, tell us about that. And how did you get out of that one? Well, uh, I had to think hard, but writing that, I was sweating, my hands would lock up. It took me weeks to just relive that. And what what I came, you know, as, a, as a kid, and you know, we were always uh, in San Diego, La Jolla, we were cliff, cliff diving. And I joined gymnastics in, in high school. And so we're always flipping uh, the rings and whatever, you know, I was in motion. Uh, there was a, a time in my youth when my brother and I, we went um, uh, use the yacht club ski jump and we got <laughs> a boat and motor and well, we fell down. We didn't know he had to be straight up. He couldn't be leaning into it when you hit the ramp. So I had a lot. There was a, a, a bar. I went into gymnastic at a high bar at home and the bar broke and I threw it while I was in midair to get it. So it didn't land on me. And so I had had, I had been surfing, which is controlled falling. I had been falling and adapting to circumstances while I'm falling a lot throughout my youth. So that when I'm, I'm, um, I'm 19 years old and skydiving and I have a malfunction, I just, oh, well, here's what I have to do. I don't sit, no, no time to go, oh God, this is a really bad, I'm gonna die, you know, <laughs> no, no time for that. Just go like, you gotta solve this problem uh, right now. It, it, uh, and some of that came from my dad. Uh, uh, there was a bad uh, kind of a messy accident and his, his arm is caught under the wheel of, of a house trailer. Oh, wow. And it's on, it's on a road, the car's going by. And my dad says to my mom, says, you need to get the jack out of the back of the car and put it under this, this spring over here. So she goes, gets the jack and he, he's giving her instructions. She jacks it up, pulls his arm out from under the wheel, you know, like never a swear word, never an emotional outburst, no screaming or anything. And I learned that from my parents when there's a tough thing, you just solve the problem, you, you, you know, getting really emotional in a t difficult situation usually does not help out it, it may help if you know scream you rape you know maybe you better scream as loud as you can but the way i was brought up that uh problems happen you mm -hmm. get you get you get a get a problem solve it um and uh, i did i that's the nurture part of my story why i survived the nurturing part 
Very, very unique parenting. Mm -hmm. and, and of course, you know, the fact that uh, we're in a safe culture as well, you got to do things to be safe and uh, you got to take this to be safe and everything else. But, you know, many times it's like, you know, safety isn't always the answer. <laughs> yeah. Uh, wear a bicycle helmet by all means, <laughs> you know, <laughs> you know, uh, you put, strap yourself in with a safety belt when you're driving and, and, uh, and do reasonable prudent things but don't obsess your whole life into a, a protective a dome of imper impermeable to anything you know interact with the world it's fun you know, mm -hmm. the, the people are interesting get out there meet people you know read books travel travel a lot um, i have every i've worked in 12 different countries for asian development bank world bank usaid those kind of organizations and every country I went to, I, I practiced a little bit of the language, never got very good at any of them, but you know, I could speak a little Chinese, a little Burmese, a little Arabic, and, and learn the language and learn a little bit about the religion, learn about what the spiritual journey of the people of that area are is all about. And um, um, those kind of things then allowed me to interact with people uh, not not being afraid of people yeah there's con artists out there there's violent people learn to read people but you learn to read people by by being interacting and a few times you go like hmm, i shouldn't have hung around with that type you know you, mm -hmm. you learn <laughs> you, right yeah live and learn exactly yeah so um yeah so a, a lot of a lot of things have happened to me because i i enjoy travel i i really you know, uh, this year, you know, uh, retreats in Baja, California and Costa Rica and, and travel. And uh, last year was Botswana, South Africa. Uh, oh, wow. The wonderful, wonderful walking safaris. You know, you can sit in a bus all day or on our safaris, Biologists Without Borders. Give uh, Sue Orloff a big uh, uh, hand there for her program, uh, bringing money to, you know, the wardens. Give them boots. Give them night lights so they can find the poachers. A uh, uh, little, uh, little donation for uh, trailside cameras and things like that. But walking safaris, you, you really—it's a rich. It's a, my God, Botswana is fantastic, and the the wildlife there and the experience of walking through it, like our ancient ancient ancestors did. You go like, yeah, that's. That's I'm walking. You know, some of my ancient ancestors walked through this area, and you find pieces of rock and then the guide says this was probably used by these ancient people see how it's been shaped it's probably cutting the skin so they could you know, eat the uh, animal they just killed um really uh, sue orloff and her biologist without borders program is first class i i really endorse it mm -hmm. and of course you traveled throughout the country uh, in your years as well what was the most interesting country that you ever been in Well, I really like Costa Rica. Uh, been, you know, lots of wildlife. People are fantastic. They don't have an army. They, they, everybody who wants to work and does something can get a job and get ahead. You know, your taxi driver says, "Well, I got one son as a CPA and one as a doctor. My, my, my daughter's uh, HR for a big company." You know, everybody can get ahead in Costa Rica, and you know they. Uh, environment it's one of those blue zones you know where people live a long time hmm. 
And uh, from the volcanoes, really interesting geology. There are, you know, geological hotspot, you know, volcanoes all over the place. Uh, really, really, really interesting stuff. And uh, and uh, the water, you know, along the Pacific Coast, it, you know, you just walk into it. You don't even register whether it's warm or cold. It's just perfect water. Um, I like Playa Hermosa because of the waves, uh, little gentle waves set a rhythmic clock for you. They, they break and they just, and pretty soon you're just in that, that very peaceful zone uh, of uh, that, that uh, small sound in the background of your life against the howler monkeys. And it's, I, I'd say, you know, I, I, I've been 11 countries in Africa. I don't need to go back to Africa anymore. I've, you know, a lot of diseases, a lot of risk, a lot of. Mm, yeah. Well, too, too much risk to, uh, to try to overcome too. So. Yeah. And, uh, you know, at this point, yeah, I'd like to go some other places, you know? Uh, so, um, yeah, my travel, I was recently invited to join a group going to Angola, which would have really been interesting, but I, I just have other priorities this year. Uh, you know, writing a book, you kind of have to go on a kind of book sales campaign, uh, meet people and one thing, another, and, uh, when you're out in a remote area like Africa, nobody's buying your book. <laughs> mm -hmm. Right. Yeah. And of course, you know, where they're going to read, where can they buy and, you know, everything else, especially in third world countries. And of course, you know, among your travels, what's the one country that you have not visited that you would like to visit or love to visit? Boy, New Zealand. I'd really like to go to New Zealand, uh, go walk around some of those uh, areas, uh, mountains. I'm, when I have dental work, I in my imagination, I go to uh, a little beach on the North Island that, where the waves are rolling in, very gentle, uh, the little white sandy beach. You know, the dentists can do whatever they want to me. I don't even need the Novocaine or anything. It's just like I get in a trance state. It just is <laughs> into this New Zealand. So I got to go find that beach that's in my imagination sometime. <laughs> Really? They have a dentist in New Zealand that can uh, do all that without all the costs? I thought uh, dentists in Mexico can do it for cheap. I'll have to make an appointment to go to New Zealand just get my dental work done. I think you came up with a great idea. <laughs> well, actually, in Costa Rica this time, I did have my uh, crowns put on. I had the, they, they wanted almost $12,000 to put the crowns on my teeth here in the States. Uh -huh. And then, in Costa Rica, they do it for a bit over three thousand dollars. All four of them. Not <laughs> like, bad. Three thousand bucks. Not bad. Twelve versus three. You know, I I can do that math. You know, <laughs> so exactly do the math. And we know people that got their crowns done, wisdom tooth pull. That it's like you know, it's like you know, thousand bucks or less in Mexico. So yeah, yeah. Mm -hmm. well, there's there's reasons for our are are problems in the in the medical field here in the United States that are some of them just not obvious to me exactly why it should be you know four times as expensive here as other places but I haven't studied it <laughs> it's kind of like it's one of those messy things and uh when I think of uh immigrating sometimes I go like well maybe there's a lot of problems here in the United States I will never understand but it will affect me as I age and maybe I should plan for a less expensive treatment regimes uh, that are. And the dentist I went to there in Costa Rica, they every single bit of equipment they had was better than the equipment for my own personal dentist. 
I was, I was so impressed how they were, they were, they were using uh, new technology. It was open, like you, you could see the, all the machines and the people working on the machines, and uh, very impressive, very, very impressive. They, they've got their act together there. Hmm. I think I'll have to keep that in mind next time when I break an arm or if I need surgery or anything like that. <laughs> I'll have to book the trip to Costa Rica and you're going to come with me. So is that a okay. risk right there? All right, Mike. <laughs> yeah, we'll have fun. We'll have fun. Yeah. <laughs> oh, there you go. There you go. And and of course, um, you know, what else do we um, need to know about the book Appetite for Risk? You talk about uh, taking a risk, changing minds and everything else. And um, what, and what else can people get from uh, Appetite for Risk besides having that Appetite for Risk? Well, part part of the subtitle is, you know, what it, what it is uh, and, and uh, you know, who has it. And there are people like myself, I'm not an evil Knievel, you know, motorcycle jumper or anything like that, but people who think of of fun instead of danger and risk. You know, mm -hmm. if somebody else did it, I I could probably do that. That'd be fun, you know. And uh, there is a, uh, I think some of that's DNA. The people, there are certain people who are just, who are very cautious and uh, it's beyond explanation other than that's how they were born. Mm -hmm. And people who are on the other side, you know, the, the little more adventurous side. And um, so to recognize that about yourself, that is one of the 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 things that I my in you know know thyself. No, the the most important work you can ever do is to to, to work on yourself. Uh, Gurdjieff and uh, so many uh, spiritual leaders all say, you, th you think about yourself and think about death. Learn about who you are and what your capabilities are, and that's one of the things I'm doing with one of my retreats. You do binaural beat. Uh, headphones different frequencies going each year quickly get down to the state of mind where you are just ready to fall asleep but you can catch it and mm. in that state of mind you're beyond what your your ego is and you can do astral travel and see through other people's eyes and a whole bunch of things that are called psychic phenomena but uh Pajanjali the, the yoga sutras talks about these these are the things that happen if you just do a lot of meditation. I do a lot of meditation. I, I, I get very deep and I try to stay awake uh, and see the the the, the phantasma that bl blows through your mind and where I can consciously direct it to go places and do things. It's it's a strange phenomenon. I can't do it all the time, <laughs> but I've had enough of those experiences and psychic healing experiences that I go like, there's there's things beyond what we know with our very limited uh, in, uh, sensory apparatus, our hearing or sight. There's lots of sounds we don't hear them. Our ear, there's vibrations in the air. There's lots of colors we we don't we just don't see. Lots of smells we cannot detect. There's so much more going on, and our our sensory apparatus and the limitations of that our defined ego kind of limit us in our ability to to actually experience more of what the universe is offering and uh, some of the meditation practices that i teach help people who are interested in that get really deep and and have some of those kinds of experiences mm -hmm. and, and you talked about uh with the thing about fear and um everything like that is that considered a 
hereditary in the DNA, genetic, or is that a thing that can be learned? Uh, uh, my my opinion, I've, I've tried to do a little more research on this and uh, actually get my chromosomes read. And it's it's uh, difficult to kind of delve down in that. Uh, I'm looking at my ancestry of, of uh, immigrants who've been crossing the United States uh, since this, the uh, 1600s. Uh, they were, they were, they had to be adventurous people, you know, they went from Maine to the Ohio Valley to, you know, cross uh, the continent back and forth the, the family stories about encounters with uh, Native Americans and uh, with uh, the, the lotus uh, uh, and the disease wiping out whole families, um, mm -hmm. members who were in the Civil War, that uh, I come from a line of people who were, were immigrant adventures yeah but you know 16 year old uh, great grandfather um, joined the cavalry and crossed the united states 16 years old and they they come i come from a people who have a lot of that and i look at my brother and my sister uh, pretty adventurous lives of their own and um so I, i'm i'm pretty sure a lot of that is genetic the survival part is because how we were brought up uh, my mother and fathers were uh, grew up on farms. They saw the the Great Depression and the uh, the Okies, the people who came uh, from the Dust Bowl, this great suffering, mm -hmm. and how people had to adapt. And uh, they uh, they learned uh, of of real suffering and how to help other people and how to take care of themselves. And they passed that on to myself and my brothers and sisters and. So nurturing allowed us to survive. I think that's, uh, well, luck. <laughs> Maybe there are a group of angels running around. <laughs> alive. Oh, God, here he goes again. <laughs> I, I, I don't know. You know, it's kind of like, my, my, my guess is there's a lot of factors. <laughs> Mm -hmm. And certainly did as well, too. And uh, in the meantime, where can we find your book, uh, Appetite for Risk and More? Uh, Appetite for Risk and Transformation are both on Amazon Books, um, and uh, I encourage you to go buy a copy and read it and try to figure out whether you have an appetite for risk and how how you would survive. How would you survive in those same type of situations that I got out by the skin of my teeth? <laughs> mm -hmm. And make sure you take a risk of buying a book. We're here with Bud Abbott of uh, Appetite for Risk and Transformation here on the Mike Weiner Show. Just a few more things. What else can you expect me in 2023 and beyond, Bud? Uh, well, let's see. The remainder of 23 is um, I'm planning to go to Hawaii. Several of the stories are based in Hawaii. I wanted to kind of get my book into that market, uh, I'm going to have to meet people and shake hands and, and talk story a little bit um, and uh, planning for a uh, retreat, two week retreat in Costa Rica in November. And that's, uh, that's pretty much going to all my focus uh, uh, trying to do that. I'm, I'm meeting with some scientists about um, climate change and storm frequency impact on the Mendocino coast of California where um, there are some uh, uh, structures along the coast that could be, will be impacted by sea level rise and by increased storm intensity over the next decade. And so how does the Mendocino County and Waterworks uh, 
plan for that uh, sea level rise and storm impacts on, on, on the infrastructure. It'll be mm -hmm. an interesting project. I do a bit of expert witness for different attorneys, different um, uh, high profile cases uh, where they need a marine biologist and I, I served that way. And uh, doing this one sea level rise project will be pretty interesting. They've got a good team. Uh, we can really, uh, I think we can be of good service and get people to think ahead uh, using the latest uh, models. The models are changing all the time. So we want to bring to their attention the data that's uh, being used in the, uh, the uh, algorithms for the uh, models. Uh, be, it'll be very interesting. Mm -hmm. And certainly did as well, too. And who do you consider biggest influence in a career? Excuse me? Who do you consider biggest influence in a career? I have to give credit to my mom. <laughs> she liked to go fishing. I, I was a charter boat skipper for a while. She would come out to Hawaii, get on the boat, you know, catch a big tuna sit on it you know I, I conquered the tuna you know plenty of tuna fish for a while <laughs> she was she was a character you know she's a good uh, businesswoman uh, a practicing nurse good health care uh and uh she god bless her you know we would get we'd get cut up as kids whatever she'd patch us up no emotion or anything she may have been biting her tongue, but you know, go back out and play. You know, that's right. I think we need to do that. That's part of the risk as well. And I gotta go back and play myself. And what's the best <laughs> advice you can give to anybody at this point? Um, well, yes, yeah, it's, it's uh, terrific talking to you, Mike. Uh, again, I, I'll stay in touch. We can talk more up in the future. Sounds good. We'll do that. We're here with Bud Abbott of uh, Appetite for Risk and Transformation here on the Mike Wagner Show. Bud, a very big thank you for your time. Again, looking forward to having you in soon. Keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Again, love having you back. And once again, what's your website? How do people contact you? Where can people purchase or check out your books? Uh, my website is very simple. BudAbbott.com. B-U-D-A-B-B-O-T-T.com. That's my website, and it reflects the different parts of my career as a, as a musician, as an author, as a marine biologist, and a teacher. Um, and that, the link's there to my email, budabbott777 at icloud.com. Uh, mm -hmm. Love to hear from people who would like to talk more, and uh, I, I enjoy meeting people and talking and listening, mostly listening, and... Uh, Mike, I want to thank you very much. You you run a good good organization, good show, and I really encourage your career success. And you too as well, bud. Looking forward to having again. Again, make sure you keep us up to date. Keep in touch. Love to have you back. Wish all best. And bud, you definitely have a great future ahead of you. It's great to hear from you. <laughs> thank you very much.